Hello and welcome to the Garden History Podcast. My name is Adverley Richmond and I'm a garden, landscape and social historian. In the following episodes, I'm going to be taking you through my A to Z of garden history based on the people, plants, places and features which you might find in and around the subject of garden history. Today is the letter E for Elveston Castle. Emotions have always played a part in the creation and appreciation of gardens, whether it's Lord Cobham flouncing off to his Buckinghamshire estate in 1733, where he set about scoring political points against his enemies with the creation of his iconic landscape at Stowe, or the handbags at dawn in 1890 between William Robinson's natural style of gardening and the architect Reginald Blomfield's more rigid formality. Feelings can have a powerful impact on the outcome of a garden or landscape. Love was the overriding emotion when the Earl of Harrington commissioned the gardens at his country seat at Elverston Castle in Derbyshire. Charles Stanhope, who was Viscount Petersham and later 4th Earl of Harrington, was an eccentric dandy of the highest order with a strange passion for the colour brown, which manifested itself in its copious amounts of tea and snuff. His brown clothes, which he designed himself, included his famous Petersham coat. His servant's livery was brown, as well as all of his horses. I could go on. But in the late 1820s, he fell head over heels in love with the beautiful Miss Maria Foote, a rather notorious but accomplished Covent Garden actress, 17 years his junior. It was said they were inseparable and totally besotted with each other. However, as his long-standing mistress, society had been willing to turn a blind eye. But once he married her, in 1831, Countess Harrington was deemed no longer fit to be received in polite society. As a result, the Earl whisked his new wife out of London to his ancestral home at Elverston Castle. He promptly hired the landscape gardener William Barron to begin the creation of a new garden from scratch. The Earl wanted private gardens for himself and the love of his life, and for the next 20 years, Elverston Castle was sealed to the outside world. Elverston Castle had already been partly gothicised and one of the wings was renamed the Hall of the Fair Star and was dedicated to chivalry and the pursuit of love. The hall, painted in heraldic black, red and gold, was filled with stars, presumably to reflect Maria's previous and very successful stage career. There were lovers' knots, flaming hearts, jousting lances and quivers of arrows, exotic birds and finally pomegranates to signify marriage and fertility because of the many seeds. And suits of armour stood to attention among countless mottos dedicated to love, honour and gallantry. This theme of the crusading knight and his fair maiden was continued in the gardens, 
where William Barron and 90 gardeners worked to create a shrine to the couple's undying love. The gardens were greatly influenced by the Earl's love of theatrics and romantic medievalism. As the gardens came to life under the supervision of William Barron, a large lake was created to the north of the castle and a grand avenue to the east which extended for ten miles was planted. The Victorians were extremely fond of conifers and Barron's immense knowledge of horticulture resulted in Elveston acquiring a unique collection of evergreen trees and shrubs representing almost every variety known or obtainable in Europe at that time. In order to get the quick results the Earl wanted, William Barron developed a tree-moving contraption which enabled him to transport large, mature trees from some distance. Although there were several individual gardens, including the Italian garden, French garden and a rock garden, the most impressive was the Alhambra and the Montplaisir gardens. The Alhambra was entirely enclosed by hedges of Portuguese laurel, Prunus lusitanica, and yew, Taxus baccata. Low clipped scrolled hedges and formal flower beds filled the gardens. It also boasted a Moorish temple at one end, in which was a statue of the couple, with the earl kneeling at Maria's feet, gazing up at her, ready to serenade her with a lyre. It was one of the earl's favourite places. But the most admired garden was Montplaisir, or My Pleasure, also known as the Bower Garden, which was a reconstruction of a 17th century design by the French architect and designer Daniel Marot in the shape of a loose catrefoil. This formed a sinuous covered walk of closely clipped Abovita hedge with small viewing windows cut into the walls, effectively enclosing the central part of the garden. It was said that the smoothness of the topiary at Elveston was like an Axminster carpet. A central mound within the covered walk was laid out with an eight-pointed star-shaped flower bed with a monkey puzzle tree, Oricaria oricana, the most expensive specimen at Elveston at that time. The monkey puzzle tree introduced in 1795 was still a very rare and much sought-after tree in Britain and was not available commercially until the mid-1800s. Around the monkey puzzle tree, eight yews were clipped into bowers or alcoves for seating or displaying statues. Once the gardens at Elveston Castle were complete, they remained a private and romantic Gothic fantasy for the Earl and Countess and only a few mainly notable horticulturalists were allowed into the private gardens, and this was in order to admire the vast collection of unusual evergreens. Charles and Maria Stanhope had two children, but little Charles sadly died aged four, and Jane, who survived to adulthood. And after a long and happy marriage, the Earl died in 1851, followed by the Countess in 1867. 
After the death of his brother, the 5th Earl of Harrington decided to open up the gardens to the public, who were absolutely astounded at the curious beauty of them. But it then transpired that the 4th Earl had been living well beyond his means, and the army of gardeners was reduced from 90 to only 8. It was inevitable that the gardens would slowly start to fall into disrepair. And by the 1870s, the gardens were very much past their heyday. In 1970, the estate became one of the first country parks in England. And today the gardens are registered grade two star as being of special historical interest. What a wonderful legacy to the love of the Earl and Countess of Harrington. You can see images of the two lovebirds and the Montplaisir garden on my podcast page, adverley.co.uk. You may also like to have a look at my pinned tweet at Adverley R to see some of the letters I covered last year. Thank you for listening to the Garden History Podcast. And please do join me again for the next episode. And until then, thank you and goodbye.